Thank you for supporting the Ministry of Victory Outreach International. We pray this message challenges, ignites faith, and that God would fan the flame that will produce a harvest of souls throughout the world. Or in verse to enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, your cords and strengthen your stakes for you spread out to the right and to the left and your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in desolate cities now that's the scripture that's the foundational scripture for this month expansion and then it's also talking about maturity maturity he's saying i expand you i want to i want to bring growth to the ministry i want to bring i want to do great things through your life i want to bring growth to you and at the same time, if you're going to be able to handle the growth that I want to bring and the blessings that I want to bring upon your life, then it's very important to strengthen our stakes. That means that we need to mature. We need to get stronger spiritually if we're going to be able to handle what God has for us. Amen? And in Acts uh, 27, I want you to look at, and we're going to look over here. I'm not going to read everything because it's... Uh, it's mostly the whole, the whole chapter, and it's dealing with the shipwreck of the Apostle Paul. And I want us to, I want us to take a look at verse 9. Now, I, I just give you the background on this. Paul was leaving. He was going on his way to Rome, and he's on a ship. And then in those days, they had a stop in different places as they were going on their way to Rome. And they had stopped at a place called Fair Havens. And then from there, they, they stopped, and then they were contemplating whether to move on or whether to stay there. And in verse 9, we pick up the story. It says, much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the fast. So Paul warned them, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to the ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. And since the harbor was unsuitable to winter, and the, and the, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbor in Crete, and facing both southwest and northwest. And when a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought they had obtained what they wanted, so they weighed anchors and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeastern swept down from the island, and the ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind, so we gave way to it and were driven along. And as we passed to the lee of the small island, Caudia, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure and when the men had hoisted it aboard, the, they passed the ropes under the ship itself to hold it together, fearing that they would run aground on the sandbars. And they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. And we took such a violent battering from the storms that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. And the third day, they threw the ship tackle overboard with their own hands. And when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. 
After the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up. Now listen to what Paul said. Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sell from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and the loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of God whose I am and whom I serve stood before me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord Jesus, this morning we thank you for your blessings upon our lives. And Lord, we just pray that you speak to the hearts of every person that's here this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <coughs> now, this morning, I want to just take a, a few points, a few spiritual points, spiritual lessons that I believe that we could gain from this portion of Scripture that we have here, the account of the, the shipwreck of the Apostle Paul. Now, if, it was, if there was anyone that was familiar with shipwreck was Paul because he had, he had encountered three different shipwrecks, other shipwrecks within his life. And if there was anybody that understood about going through storms, it was the Apostle Paul. And every one of us, we need to understand that throughout life, you're going to go through storms. You're going to experience many times what you would call spiritual shipwreck. And there are people that experience spiritual shipwreck within their lives. And we have to understand, we have to learn and know how to handle it when we're going through the storms that life brings to us. And if we're going to grow, if we're going to be able to be all that God wants us to be, then it's important for us not only to have the victory in the good times, but it's also important for us to be consistent and also be victorious in the bad times as well. And I think we'll get some lessons here from the story that we find in the book of Acts. Now, with, with Paul, we all know that how he was on his way to Rome, and he was a prisoner. And there were two people that were traveling with him. Two of his friends were traveling with him. And as they were journeying to Rome, they had to stop in different places. And in those days, they would put the sail, and it all depended on the weather, how far they could go. And they came to this place, Fairhaven. And when they got to that place, then suddenly, the, the very next day, the captain and other people wanted to, to continue on with the journey. And then Paul, since he was experienced in these things, and it was experienced... As far as the weather, and, his, and he, he had experienced other shipwrecks before, he told them that they shouldn't step out, they shouldn't go, they should wait. But instead, they didn't take the advice of Paul, and they went ahead and they stepped out anyway, and they fell into a storm. Now, one of the things about Paul that you find, you find character in the life of Paul. When there's crisis, you could always tell the person that has character. Because somebody that has character, somebody that has leadership, ability, always rises up to the occasion. 
They're, those are the type of people that they, they're, they're at their very best when they're going through a period of crisis. Those are the people that stand up and at their very best. Those are, those are what you would call good leaders, and those are people that, that have a solid foundation. And that's the type of person that God wants us to be this morning. Now, when we think about storms and in our personal lives, there are three different types of, type of storms that many times we encounter. The first one is uh, storms that many times we bring upon ourselves. It very well could be that those of you that are going through a storm and a period of tribulation this morning, many times we think it's the devil that's bringing it upon us, but many times we bring it upon ourselves because of our disobedience, because of not being obedient to God and obedient to his word. We have many examples of that within the word of God. We look at Samson. What brought down the downfall of Samson? We know that it was Samson himself. We have Jonah. Jonah, why, what happened with Jonah? Jonah was rebellious to the, to the perfect will of God for his life. We have David when he fell. We have many, many examples within the word of God where people fell and people experienced spiritual shipwreck. It was because of themselves, something that they brought upon themselves. Because of disobedience to the will of God and disobedience to the word of God. And then secondly, there's also storms that God brings to us. Now we have to be able to differentiate between a storm that we bring upon ourselves, between a storm that God brings to us. In James, it tells us that rejoice when you're going through diverse temptations or when you're being tried. Doesn't it tell us that in James? And it says, because the trying of your faith worketh patience. And whenever God wants to begin to stretch our muscles of faith, he's going to begin to bring about us some unpleasant circumstances that we're going to confront. It's not always going to be easy. If you're having it very easy, then I want you to know that pretty soon you're going to confront the storm. If you've been praying to grow, and, and you know you hear a lot about you need to grow, and you need to expand, and you need to, you know, God wants to do great things within your life, then we begin to pray, and God answers our prayer. And when we pray, we pray, Lord, I, bless me, and Lord, I want to grow, and Lord, I want to be a spiritual giant, and Lord, I want this, and Lord, I, I, I want to grow spiritually, I want to be solid, I want build character within my life. And when we pray those prayers, then God answers the prayers, and many times he answers the prayers by bringing storms our way. And bringing trials and tribulation our way. So there are storms that many times God brings to us to mold us and mature us. And sometimes he also brings it to us to get our attention. When you're not being obedient to the word of God sometimes, or, you, or you're not sensitive to the word of God, then God always has to move and get your attention through circumstances. And the way that he gets your attention sometimes is through storms. No viene la buena, va a ser la mala. Now, I don't know how to say that in English, so. But if you can't get your attention the nice way, then you'll have to use other means to get your attention. And there are people like that. Don't you have, like, children? That sometimes children, you got to get their attention when you, you have to yell at them or you have to spank them and then finally get their attention. 
Because every time you say it nicely to them, they don't listen to you. You say, please come here, and they don't listen. And you say, come here right now! You know, then you have to use that anger and you have to use that kind of tactic to be able to get the attention of that child or spank him and then you get the attention of the child. That's the way God has to work with us sometimes. That's why some people are always in storms. Some of you don't come out of a storm. Because <laughs> you're not listening when God is speaking to you. So many times God brings that upon you and the reason why God brings it is because he wants to get your attention and he wants to mold you and he wants to mature you. And then there are storms, thirdly, there are storms that Satan brings directly or indirectly into our lives. And a good example of that, we have uh, Peter is a good example, that it was, it was something satanic that Peter went through. And Jesus even was able to foresee that. And he says, Satan had desired to sift you this week. And he says, then, I'm going to be praying for you, Peter, because you're going to receive a, a direct attack from Satan. So Jesus was saying, what's going to come to you, Peter, is going to be directly from Satan himself. And we know that we're involved in spiritual warfare. We are involved in spiritual warfare. And there's sometimes that we receive satanic attack directly from Satan himself. Or many times he uses other people. He uses people that make themselves available to the, to the tactics of Satan. And so there's direct attacks, direct or indirect attacks that Satan brings to us. So there's storms that come directly or indirectly from Satan. And the Bible teaches that as a Christian, we have to be able to, to respond correctly to the problems that come into our lives. Now, Paul met some of the problems and, and, and at his way to Rome, and listen, he responded, and he responded in a very correct way. Now, there are three reasons why people get into problems. Now, one thing that's, uh, when I read it, uh, some of you actually, you, you, you kind of laughed because Paul tried to give him advice not to go. And then later on, Paul tells him, you know, I told you so. Remember that? He says, I told you so, and then he begins to tell them that he didn't listen to them. Now, Paul warned them. Paul was experienced, and he says, uh, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be a disastrous and bring great loss to the ship and to cargo, but they didn't listen, even though Paul warned them because Paul was sensitive to the direction of God. And there are three reasons why people get into problems. Number one, as you see, I'm going fast through this because I don't want to stretch out this morning. We're going to have communion. So get a hold of it quickly as I bring these different points. Number one, the reason why people have problems is because of impatience. They don't want to wait on God. That's the reason why these people fell into the storm is because of impatience. Paul said, listen, let's stay here. Let's not go. But they didn't listen to him. And the problem many times is that we are in a hurry, and God is not in a hurry. That's the problem. We're impatient, we want things now, we're in a hurry, and God is saying, I am not in a hurry, and timing is very important in everything that we do for God. We need to align ourselves to the timing of God. And then also the second reason is wrong 
guidance from experts and the majority. Now, instead of listening to Paul, the man of God, they, they got the advice from all the, everybody, the majority. Everybody was saying, look, you know, we could go, we could sail. Paul would say, no, we shouldn't sail. He says, no, we could sail. So the majority is not always right. The majority at this particular uh, instant was wrong. And I give you other examples where the majority is wrong. What about the Israelites? There was only two of them that said we could take the land. The other one says we can't take the land. The majority was wrong with the children of Israel when they didn't want to go into Canaan. And we could look over and, and over and, and sometimes we think that the experts have all the answers. But this is why we need to be in tune with God. You never go wrong when God is the one that's leading, when we're in tune with God, and when God is directing and guiding our lives. And then also, thirdly, we receive wrong guidance from circumstances. And if you read the story, you find that they saw a nice, uh, a gentle wind. And they said, oh, it's okay. You know, it's a gentle wind. We could set out. There's not going to be a storm. And we can't live our lives being guided and being led by circumstances. This is why the mature Christian will guide his life and direct his life by the Word of God, not by circumstances. The immature Christian is always going by feelings and looking at the circumstances, and if the circumstances are favorable, then they move that direction. And the circumstances are not always right. What is always right, it's God's divine Word. Thus saith the Lord, if we follow the Word of God, we never go wrong. And then uh, when we're caught in crisis or in a storm, we do three things that are wrong. We, first of all, begin to drift. There are times that, those are times that we lose sight of our goals and purpose, and we become a victim of circumstances. We begin to drift. This is what happened to them. When they got caught in the storm, they began to drift. And... They didn't have control anymore. They lost control. And you begin to drift when you begin to lose sight of your goal and the purpose that God has for you. We always have to keep that before us that God has a purpose for our lives. And keep the goals that we have before us, the God-given goals that have been given to us. We need to keep these things before. Secondly, we let go of the things that are value in our lives, that are most valued in our lives, things that have been an anchor in our lives, like prayer, Bible study, the Bible, church. We let go of conviction when we're going through a storm. There are some people that when they're going through a storm, instead of seeking God and pressing in with God, they begin to drift. And the more you drift, the more vulnerable you are to the enemy. And then we begin to let go of things that are valuable, things that were very valuable and were priority within our lives, like prayer and the Bible study and the Word of God and church and even conviction. Number three, we fall into despair and then we lose hope. And great leaders, I said, will always shine in crisis. And Paul, we find here when everybody else said, we're not going to make it, 
this is disaster, this is, we're, going, we're doomed, then Paul rose up to the occasion. What's amazing is that Paul took control of the whole situation. Paul, who was a prisoner, you read it later on, the account that we have here of the shipwreck, and it's amazing how all of a sudden Paul rose to the occasion and took control of everything. Before you knew it, Paul was the one that was leading the whole situation there. And everybody, after a period of time, they began to listen to Paul. So someone that is solid, someone that has a spiritual foundation, will always rise to the occasion. When, and, and you're at your very best when you're going through the trials. And then they cast four anchors that they cast. And we need to put anchors down when we're in the midst of a storm. Four anchors that will hold us in the storms that I want to bring out. The first one, if you're going through a period of crisis in your life, is absolute faith in God. When we say absolute faith in God, we need to remember who God is. See, we, we go, whatever you're going through in your life, we need to remember that God is bigger than the situation. God is bigger than that trial. God is bigger than that storm that you're going through. We need to remember his attributes. We need to remember that he's omnipotent. We need to remember that he's omniscient. We need to remember that he's omnipresent. We need to really remember and think about who God is. And we need to begin to, to, to build God up within our minds and and remember that he's a great God, a big God, and he's greater and bigger than the situation that you may be going through. And then also secondly, the anchor, second anchor that we need to put is God's presence. That God is with us. Now, if you notice when you read it later on, they, they were going through a period there when you're going through a storm, you're not able to see much. They lost visibility, and they weren't able to see the stars and the sun. The account tells us, the story tells us, for 14 days, because the storm clouds were between them and the sun. Now, when we're going through it, it's pretty hard to see God. You know, there are periods in our lives that we're sensitive when we feel God. But it seems like when we're going through the storms and we're going through a real crisis within our lives, we don't feel God and we feel that God is so far away from us. And the more we pray, the more we try to seek Him, the further He seems to be. And this is what they went through for 14 days. But the stars and the sun were still there. Even though they couldn't see it, even though the clouds hovered over them, that it was impossible for them, and it was, it was dark and gloomy, and they couldn't see the stars and the sun. But nevertheless, the fact is that above the clouds and above all that was taking place, the stars and the sun were still there. And the very same way they, the stars and the sun are still there, even in the midst of the storm, you could rise like on a plane, you, you know, sometimes... I, I fly a lot, and sometimes it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a storm, and all of a sudden that plane takes off, and it's so cloudy and gloomy, 
and he just takes off and those planes go and keep on going and keep on going and keep on going up and keep on going up and keep on going up and finally it goes above the clouds and as they go above the clouds all of a sudden it's sunny. the sun is still there the sun hasn't disappeared the sun is still there and the very same way when you're going through it when you're going through it, it seems gloomy it seems like there's no hope it seems like God is so far away but I want you to know that this morning that God is still there. He is nearer than ever before. But it's a time that you need to move not by feeling, but you need to trust God and you need to move by faith. And you need to practice the presence of God within your life. You need to say, in spite of what I'm going through, bless God, God is still there. I have God. God is inside of me. And also, thirdly, the anchor of God's purpose for your life. And we need to understand, like Paul, he says, nothing's going to happen. You know why he said nothing was going to happen? He was secure when everybody else was shaky. Everybody else was, was you know, they were fear for their lives. Paul says, nothing could happen. There was, there was even some sailors that were going to abandon ship. And they were going to try to save themselves. And he says, listen, you abandon ship. I'm not there. As long as you stay where I am, everything will be all right. And he says, if you, if you abandon ship and, and, you, and you try to get off the ship, then you're on your own. You're not going to make it. But as long as you stay on this ship, and as long as I'm on this ship, nothing's going to happen to this ship because I'm on my way to Rome. And God told me already that I'm on my way to Rome. And that's God's purpose for my life. So we need to understand God's purpose. God had a plan for Paul. And God, had a pl God has a plan for you. And he's not going to let the storms of life separate you from the plan that God has for you. The only person that could remove you from the plan of God is yourself. But there's no one else that could do that but ourselves. And then number four, with this we're going to finish. The anchor of God's promise. Paul said... I believe it will turn out just as he told me because God's promises are sure. Now, God spoke to Paul, and I want to finish with this. Paul needed a word from God. When he was going through that period and, and, and the storms, it was, he needed a word from God, and he, I'm sure he started pressing in with God, and God spoke to him. God says, hey, Paul, everything is going to be all right. Don't worry about a thing. Everything is going to be all right. Don't worry about a thing. No, no matter how, how gloomy it looks, everything is going to be all right. And then Paul anchored himself on that promise because everything around him was contrary to the word of God. Everybody around him were in a state of panic. I mean, there was no, you couldn't see the sun. You couldn't, you know, the, 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 the storm, it was a real storm. The storm was there. All the physical evidence was that it was going to be doomed for all of them. But in spite of it all, Paul wasn't looking through his physical eyes, but Paul was looking through his spiritual eyes. And he said, God made me a promise. And God said that it's going to be all right. And if God said it's going to be all right, then it's going to be all right. And whenever you need a word from God, whenever you're at that place of desperation, you need a word from God, God is always there to give you a word. That's happened to me many times, you know, in a state of confusion. When you're going through it, you start pressing and say, God, what's happening, God? And 
Lord, speak to me. I need a word. And all of a sudden, just one word from God makes all the difference. God speaks, and as soon as he speaks, then all of a sudden I get up. I'm not confused no more. Confusion is not of God. How many know that? All of a sudden, I can see clearly, praise God. God is with me. Hallelujah. Everything is going to be all right. And if Char Pastor Charlie's panicking, it's all right. I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm a little panic. Well, he teases him. Everything is going to be all right. And the reason why everything is going to be all right is because God made a promise. We need to stand on the promises of God. How, can we, how many can say amen to that? I want we pray that this message has encouraged you to grow in your walk with God. To hear more messages, visit www.visionintlstore.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.